Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear hotline. How does it feel to be a loser this morning? I Jeez, don't know what you're see, talking about. I, we uh, mostly talk about football, some basketball on the show. We're talking baseball today. We talk why? Basketball? why do we need to talk baseball? We talk basketball on the show? Um, it's such a bad feeling. <laughs> the, day, the day after your team loses a game like that. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. And, and, but the bad thing is y'all lost early. Y'all didn't lose late. Y'all, uh, Garrett Cole got chased in three. So the game was a wrap. Not really because, it, yes, it, as it turned out. Yeah. They, but but in the, in, you know, the Yankees looked like they might be coming back in that inning. They hit the, the you know, uh, uh, they hit the shot. And, and then Stanton with the shot off the green monster giveth and it taketh away, right? Like that's a home mm-hmm. run in a lot of parks, but the wall's so high it winds up So that being, means you have to get it up higher. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the point is they should have had guys on second and third or first and second and third with – with one out instead I love, of I love uh, getting thrown out of I love play. when people lose. They start trying to figure out what they should Well, I mean, look, here's the play. We're playing the play right now. Look. Everybody turns into Monday morning quarterbacks Phil when it comes Nevin. to losing games. Well, here's the, Phil Nevin sending Aaron Judge home. Tagged out by 10 feet. Watching A.J. turn that corner, I'm like, he ain't going to make it. Yeah. Like, that's not his – that's not what he's there for. Well, it's one out, though. And you don't need to do that with that's one what out. I'm saying. That's, that's my point. Thing. Yeah, he he. That's my point. Ain't no telling. Maybe he misjudged. Maybe when he was way, I I, I didn't see the. I saw the end of it. I didn't see him waving in. You know, how you turn your head and something. Yeah. So maybe he saw something different when the ball hit the wall. At, no, Aaron Boone claimed, and I think he was just taking care of his guy. Because by the way, today I'm not even mad at Phil Nevin. People make mistakes even in of big course. situations. It happens. That was a mistake, whatever. Aaron Boone tried to cover for him saying uh-huh. it looked like it was going to be a funny hop. And I think that's why he's just, look, Nevin made a mistake. It might, it, But it probably did look like it was going to be a funny hop. When, you know, when you somewhere from a distance and you see something from afar, it looks one way. And then all of a sudden, you're like, well, I already done waved him in. It's too late. He's already turning. So I'm telling him right now, okay, it looked like, okay. And he probably didn't see the center fielder coming over because if the center fielder never comes over. Yeah, that ball gets away. Yeah, because now all of a sudden, the left fielder is chasing the ball. So maybe at that time, he didn't see it. And I understand being aggressive, but in that situation, given the circumstances, you hold the runner. It was a flat-out mistake. I, I got to be honest, though, Max. Like, looking at the replay again, like, he, your point yeah. about the center fielder, like, you see it. Like, the ball gets away from the left fielder. That ball is going inland so more. What, so what happens is not comes by the time, for, by the no, time so Judge hap- was rounding so, so, third. So what happens is he's waving him in. Mm-hmm. His eyesight tells him the ball's hitting Look. the wall. It Boom. bounces wall, back. Bounces it's going to come, and all of a sudden the center fielder comes. As he wave, yep. waving him in, it's too late now. He can't stop him and hold him up. Yeah, I understand the I understand that reasoning. That was still given the circumstances, given given the score in the game, the number of outs, et cetera. It was but but look at But then let's play devil's advocate. The, the one if thing the center was, fielder doesn't come over and he doesn't wave him in, then it's a mistake you would be to hold there, him. Yeah. It was a mistake to hold him. And the the one thing that, that has been talked about and should be talked about is I think Phil Nevin also looked at who was on deck and Joey Gallo, who has not hit well. Mm-hmm. He's batting below two hundred and thought this is a chance to get a run, make it a one-run game with one out. Yeah. And, yeah. and then there's, you know, and then you have runner, and then Stanton moved to second on the throw. Like, I think he also saw, like, as a, as a third base coach, 
he's he sees the lineup and knows who's on deck. Absolutely. And he knows yeah. Joey Gallo is coming up next. And he's struggling. And I think that's part of his decision-making Maybe, but when and you being get... aggressive there. I mean, if John Carlos stands on deck, he probably doesn't send him. I don't know. Maybe. No, I'm telling I... you, Evan, he was sending him already. That center fielder came over, and essentially that ball bounced right in the center fielder's glove, and he's able to pick it up, turn, and throw because any other time, the center field is not in that, that particular position. It just worked out that I, way. I think part of it is also it's a human reaction to the ball. Oh, that would have been out in a lot of places. Let's get a run out of this. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think, and he's being aggressive. Here's the thing about But he's been aggressive all season also. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the Yankees were thrown out 22 times at home plate during the season. I mean, that's the tie that's, for the that's most been of the his, Right, and yeah. so that's been his M.O. all season. So this wasn't like Phil Nevin doing it in this moment. This it, is it, his it, style. It, this is what he's done. And it's a, it doesn't. But the why bottom do you line have is you got such you, an aggressive yeah, tone. Yeah, you Evan. got you got thrown out by <laughs> ten feet. Fan? You got you got your guy thrown out. Uh, uh, by the way, a good base runner in Aaron Judge. You got him thrown out by ten feet in a close game against the Red Sox in an elimination game. What you know, people bring up Cole a lot here, and I'll say this: he hasn't pitched well the last month. He had the bad hamstring. Had COVID as well. Had COVID as well. But he was still gassing it. He was still throwing gas. He couldn't hit his spots. When I think (laughs) of the great Yankees teams that won World Series, they had guys like El Duque. Whether or not he had his stuff that day, he would figure out a way to get you out, pitch deep into the game. The, the, the indictment of Cole here is he couldn't, he was not resourceful. He couldn't figure out a way to get it done. And the Yankees went all in on but it's him difficult, to be man. that ace. But it's difficult when they in get a game up, like this. When somebody jump on you at 3-0 and you already know you're going to get pulled in this particular position because you have a strong bullpen, you never get your stuff back. And, well, and it, depends so, if you, it depends what kind of pitcher you No, are. you're not going to pitch your way out of that. You, you're not pitching your way out of 3-0 when you know going into the game, if you get into trouble in this particular wild card game in this situation, you're going to get yanked. I've you seen, already know that. I've, I hear you. I've seen games – your guy, Fernando Valenzuela, back in the day. Orlando Hernandez, like in the 90s. There are big game pitchers, including guys with stuff, Kurt Schilling or someone like that. Big game pitchers, figure it out. But Cole but has been one is, in the past. But the difference is, Max, when you go back in history, in Major League Baseball as a whole, pitchers were going eight and nine uh, yeah, and seven anymore. and a half. Not anymore. We're not playing that game. You're in trouble. We're getting your ass out. No, we're going oh, to a oh. strong pin. We're not letting you fight your way. Two different this. things. I agree with them yanking him because, but you could see because he wasn't going to figure it mm-hmm. out. It just felt, and he even thought, said but, afterward. But, right? but, but even so, though, when you mentioned people like a Fernando, or whoever, yeah. Kurt Schilling, whatever, they would let them figure it out because they're going to go to a that's point. It's a different a era, in it's other words. It's a different, words. yeah. I think that's a good point. I mean, they're not going to, you get in trouble, man. <laughs> they're going to snatch you so fast. And they should. Here, in this case, here is Aaron Boone, the Yankees manager at the postgame presser. The league's closed the gap on us. You know, we got to get better. We got to we got to get, you know, better in every aspect at just getting a little bit better, you know, because it's not just the Red Sox and the Astros now in our league. You know, I mean, look at our division. The Rays are a beast, the Toronto. And, you know, this, there's some teams in the Central that are that are getting better and better. Teams in the West that are better and better. Teams that have closed the gap on us, and you know that needs to be, you know, front and center as guys prepare uh, in the off season and get ready for for spring training next year. That you know we've got to get better. Hold on, I want to hear one thing one more time. Can I hear the beginning of that one more time? 
the league's closed the gap on us. How has the league closed the gap on a team that hasn't been to the World Series in 12 years? They can't close the gap on the rest of the league. No, he's talking about the the division, Evan. I think he said league, but it sounded like he started rattling off the division. No, because he said the Astros. So he said the league has closed the the gap. The league has not closed the gap. It's the Yankees cannot close the gap on the rest of the league. That is the biggest problem with the New York Yankees. It is not that the league has closed the gap. The league closed the gap on the Yankees in 2002 when they got knocked out in the division series to the Angels. Well, I guess, except that in 2003 they went to the World... Evan, in 2003 they went to the World Series. In 2004 they collapsed up 3-0 on a team that won the World Series. And they haven't been back since 2009. And and they won it in 2009. And they almost always go to the playoffs. twice since 2002. The league has not closed the gap. The Yankees just can't close the gap on the rest of the league. That's the bigger problem. Wait, wait, wait. wait. That's that's incorrect. The Yankees Mm, can't beat the field the way they once did every year. That's true. The field as a whole is better than the Yankees. Your the turn, idea, Evan. Go. The idea of the of the of the league closing the gap can relate to this: the luxury tax and the repeater, oh, the repeat offender tax, has disciplined the Yankees' spending to the point where, when it looked a couple times like if they just went over the top here, they could make a run. Hal Steinbrenner gave Brian Cashman his marching orders: don't. We want to get under the repeat offender tax, which means consecutive years of being under a certain threshold. Evan, that way. In that way, the Yankees stopped spending like they once did. Evan, would you like to go? I mean, yeah, the Yankees have stopped spending the way they did, but it still doesn't come back to the point of they, they've had trouble developing. They've had trouble developing pitching for the most part. I mean, that's the most important thing. They've developed Aaron Judge. They made a trade for Glaber Torres when he was still in the minors and developed him. They've had very good luck with signing guys like Gio Urshela and, and pick, you know getting a guy like... Luke Voigt on offense, who, who led the league in homers last year and obviously got hurt this year, and then they traded for Anthony Rizzo. But they have not been able to develop. They haven't and, been and able to, to develop p- starting pitching. Right. They developed bullpen arms, but, right, but Montgomery is a good arms, left-handed all pitcher. Bullpen you can't win with all bullpen, you got, all that's bullpen right. arms you, are failed starters. I yes. can go and run a major league team and find yes. relievers and yes. build a bullpen. Jordan Montgomery is from the farm system. Uh, so is Luis Severino. They have arm problems. The issue in Major League Baseball today is that you can develop a bunch of guys, and it's a numbers game. How many are you coming up with? Because inevitably, they will, a lot of them will get hurt. Well, but I don't I, have that problem out west. I will say this, Evan. This is something that the Yankees fans have to reconcile themselves with. Brian Cashman's been the GM for two decades. He's very good. He's a very good GM. They contend every year. He's not the best GM. He's not one of the two or three best GMs. And the bottom line is the Move Red Sox me, in the happened. division win the World Series 4-1 to one over the Yankees since the turn of the century. That's a failure. That's a failure on the, we, on the front office. Well, of the Yankees. Who are you replacing him, him with? Yeah, move on from him and see like, what here, here's, here's one of my things, and I, I hear exactly what you're saying about Cashman, but the question is when I hear people ready to fire other people or get to that point, I start asking the follow-up question. What's the succession plan? Who are you bringing him in? Who's bringing, who are you bringing in that will ultimately do better than what Cashman is doing? I got to say, we have Nate Newton waiting, but I want to say this on Brian Cashman because I think Max is wrong on this point because Absolutely. I don't even think the Yankees are in this position this season without Brian Cashman. The moves he made at the trade deadline to avoid giving up their big no, prospects hold on, hold on, no, and fix their left-handed no. side of the lineup with Joey Gallo. Yep. With yeah, yeah, Evan, Evan, we get it, we get it, we get it. That's right. He makes a lot of good moves that right. keep him in contention. That's why he's a good GM. That is not the point. Fundamentally, he is not the best GM in baseball, and the rivals – 
are whipping the Yankees in the 21st century, but you're where not he's getting been the, GM the best the whole GM. Time. You're not getting the best GM because of the expectations in New York. And for what no, Brian Cashman can. brings, I'm not moving no. on from him to go get you someone can, else. No, you can't. Here's how I get the best GM. I identify the guy I want. I offer him five times what the next team is paid. It doesn't matter. There's a number at which you will get your guy. Go spend the money. Go spend the money and bring the best GM in baseball. Hey, guys, period. Nate Newton's holding on to talk to us about football. And guess what? I don't have that problem in L.A. No, bring you don't because you have the best GM. That's right. Uh, Nate Newton, three-time Super Bowl champion, joins us now. A spirited discussion on the Yankees. Spirited discussion. I like Nate, that. good morning. Hey, man. I, I feel you, man. Fight for your Yanks, bro. That's how I do for them Cowboys. So mm. Fight for your Yanks. You know, you know it. What do you make of this? What do you make of this Cowboys defense, Nate? Hey, man. Hey, we went out and got the best money could buy in Quinn, and now they're balling, man. They they getting some takeaways. They're learning how to play the right gaps. They're doing the right things. Uh, you 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 play by what you show the coaches. It's very competitive for for a change around your own defense. The guys got to uh, do their jobs, or else. You leave. Yeah, it, it is a big change with Dan Quinn, Nate, and now all of a sudden they're moving on, much like you said, from Jalen Smith. Um, they released him, and, and they're moving on. Why do you think that they made the decision to move on from him? I just think he wasn't given enough. I mean, he, he played much better in the limited time that he's played, but they got to make a move on uh, Vanderesh. They got some young guys, real Cox and Luke Gifford who played well in training camp. And I asked Coach Quinn and I asked a couple other guys, what if these young guys play well during the preseason? Are y'all just going to put them on the bench and forget about them because you have a veteran guys? Or are you going to give them opportunity? And this is the answer. If you're not – if they – this is what Jimmy Johnson taught us. If I got a young guy that's giving me 25 snaps and I got a veteran that's giving me 25 snaps, that's a no-brainer. You go with the young guys, and they, they make make a few mistakes here, but they're learning and they're they're getting better. I think they saw the ceiling on uh, on the on the young man, and so uh, they let him go. I mean, Jalen, uh, he didn't. I don't think he said anything or did anything wrong, but he just wasn't getting enough snaps. Uh, and people say, "Well, what about the money? They owe him seven point two. Well, right now they're not worrying about the money; they're worrying about the winning. Nay, speaking of winning. Trayvon Diggs <laughs> has been coming through in a big way already five picks this season. How special of a talent is he, and how much does he elevate the ceiling for the defense? Man, you know what? Uh, coming off of last year, you know, he's facing tough guys and Julio Jones and a few other the greats in the game, and he struggled as a rookie, as most rookie corners do. But then he got injured. He came back and like he he downloaded everything that he went through during that injury. He worked on it. He came back at the end of last year and got him a couple of picks. And like he just turned it on from day one. He told the media in training camp, them them almost misses. Uh, there'll be there'll be interceptions this year, man. And he's sitting down on certain plays. He's playing great situational football. He's reading uh, routes pretty good. He's uh, disguising well. I mean, he's, he's playing like a veteran. I wonder, can he keep it up? I mean, he's playing at a high level. Nate Newton, former Cowboy offensive lineman, three-time Super Bowl champion, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Big Nate, how would you what, – what concerns are there with the Cowboys? What, what, is the bottom going to fall out? Is, uh, or um, is Stephen A. going to be right? You know, this is what I feel about the Cowboys. You, you're – in a prove it move 
mode all the way until the end of the season. We've seen this before. We, we've been high. We've been riding high. Uh, we, we went on runs in the middle of the season where we went seven straight games, and then all of a sudden playoffs come up, and then then then, then the bottom falls out. So uh, nobody fights harder for the Cowboys. Nobody talks more noise than me around here in this town about the Cowboys, but this we've seen this before. We've seen uh, one-hit wonders. We just got rid of one of them in Jalen Smith. We've seen Van Der Esch knock the top off and be an all-pro. And all of a sudden, when the playoffs come, they disappear. I mean, Michael Parsons is doing a hell of a job. Diggs is one of the best at what he's doing. Jabril Cox is coming up, doing great things. And we got a young guy, O.C. out of, I think, uh, UCLA, doing great jobs at the defensive tackle. We've seen this. We just can't we, can we hold on. Dan Quinn promises us that he will. I mean, he's just a young man. Knows defenses. He knows players. He knows what he wants. I mean, uh, and he's asking guys to execute, execute, know your job, study the film. Uh, we got so many packages, man. I can, we got a big nickel, little nickel. We got all of this. But well, you know what? Will it work in the end? Will it work in the end? It's all about the playoffs with the Cowboys. We ain't been nowhere in 25 years, fellas. But still, this town and Cowboy Nation, we, we, we get judged during the playoffs. Let me ask you this, Nate, because you would know more than anybody having played with Troy Aikman. Is Dak Prescott one of, early in his career, is he one of the all-time great Cowboy quarterbacks? I'm going to tell you something. Whenever this kid has had the tools, he's he's been successful. He came in as a rookie. He had the tools. He did what they had to do. They took away Dez that one for that moment, all of a sudden he fell off the ledge, seemed like, but he didn't have the tools. They went and got Amari. They went on a seven-game run. Every time this kid has had the tools to work with and in a decent offensive line, he's been special. I look at him as, as a special guy. He knows the offense. They, the, the best thing they did, and I didn't like it at that time, was they kept Kellen Moore. So now they are running the offense. He's doing what he's got to do. I call him a mechanic. Anything wrong with the offense, Dak will fix it. And so – uh, he, I, I can't put him with Troy yet because you know, Key, we, you got to win Super Bowls for you to get mine. Absolutely, you get you got to win Super Bowls. So he's a young, good talent, man. Nate, and he's he's continuing to grow. As met, as talking to Nate Newton, three time Super Bowl champion here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max ESPN Radio. Nate, as much as people talk about the triplets or whatever back in the day, the story mm-hmm. about that Dallas team was you guys on the offensive line. The offensive line was the best maybe ever, certainly on a short list. This Dallas era has seen a very strong offensive line through most of these years. Last year, little injuries faltered and everything. When you look at the line this year, because to me, that's what makes the thing go. When you look at the line this year, what do you see? I see a guy in Coach Philbin. He's done a hell of a job, along with Kellen Moore. We've got Terrence Steele at the right tackle. He went against Joy Bosa. He struggled a little bit, but he kept enough tight ends over there. He kept enough good formations. He kept enough backs to detour Joy to keep him from being a factor in the game. And that gave us a chance at the end of the game to win against uh, the L.A. Chargers team. And then in the last few weeks, he's been battling. This guy's getting better mentally, so his game is picking up physically with steel. The middle of our offensive line is kind of weak at our left guard and our center. But they have found ways for these guys to be uh, 
to be successful. They're staying away from their weaknesses and playing to the strength. We're more of a stronger running team right now because we don't have Lyle Collins at that right that right uh, tackle. So we're not that, that big passing team that they, that everybody would like for us to be. But now we've found, found Pollard as a change of back to Zeke. So we're running the ball pretty well. we got a nice complimentary thing going. And as long as Diggs over there doing what he's doing, uh, things going to be nice. Listen to me real close here, Big Nate. Mm-hmm. What does Mike McCarthy have to do to keep his job? It's got to be the second round of the playoffs. You know, it's got to be the second round of the playoffs. You know, a lot of people wanted to put the COVID deal just last year, not being able to put his hands on the team, and, and that's good. I mean, you can use that if you want. But this year here, man, you got to get into the second round of the playoffs. The East is ours, y'all. I thought the Redskins would be doing much better. For some reason, the defense is faltering at this time. The little young quarterback is doing okay, but the defense is faltering. The East is ours to take. If we can win all the East games, get up into that 12 or 13 range, then you then you got a chance to fight for that open week, that only single spot the open week. But if we don't get that right there, the East is still ours, and so we should have a great matchup. People have to come to us in, the, in, the, in our house, and so we, that gives us a chance. That's just the long ball of it. The short ball of it is we should win the East and be able to rest people at the end of the year to keep this thing going. Win a playoff game. That is the great Nate yeah. Newton, three-time Super Bowl champion, six-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, on maybe the greatest offensive line that ever was on the Goodyear Hotline. Thank you, Nate. Thank you, guys, man. Y'all keep, keep fighting for your Yankees, bro. Keep <laughs> no. fighting for them. Yeah, you know it. I ain't no, got to like, fight. I'm Mets playing fans tonight. tell me about what the hey, you Yankees the man. You the man, Keith. You the man, okay? <laughs> Why it yep. went so wrong for the Yankees, for my beloved Yankees, and what needs to go right for the Dodgers, for Key's beloved Dodgers. Tonight, Jessica Mendoza, ESPN MLB analyst, with us now. Good morning, Jessica. How are we doing, Max? Are we wearing all black? Is that, is that what's happening right now? How am I doing? After two primetime football games, I stayed up late to watch that. It's like it was. It's, I'm not doing great right now, to tell you the truth, Jessica. I'm, I'm, I'm doing upset. just tired wonderful. and upset. Yes. Look at look at Keyshawn. He is decked Deck out. Head to toe. That's the first. Who you, who's your team? It's the first I thing no, we I noticed no this morning. First thing we noticed this morning, <laughs> just when we walked in, head to toe, blue to white. I work. I work for the Dodgers. I work for that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, last night's game, obviously, you just mentioned. What can you point to? outside of Garrett Cole that cost the Yankees? For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. 
See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. You know, honestly, this has been the story for the Yankees throughout most of the season is they rely on Garrett Cole and his starts and they have to win them because they don't win the games that he doesn't pitch in. But really on the reverse is the offense. I mean, this is a team that I think everyone expects because of who is in their lineup to score a lot more runs and flat out they haven't all season long. They've been in the bottom third in runs scored. That blows people's mind. Wait, the Yankees bottom third in runs scored? And that's what they showed. Yeah, you tip your hat to Nathan Navaldi, But even that bullpen of the Red Sox, I mean, the Yankees could not get to them. We saw the big home run from Anthony Rizzo. But, but really, the, the bats were quiet. And then the one opportunity they had was in the top of the sixth inning when we saw Giancarlo stand absolutely crush a ball for a long single and Aaron Judge get thrown out at home plate. So a lot of the pressure always goes to Garrett Cole. I feel like he feels that's why he's saying he's sick to his stomach. But let's be real, this Yankees team, with all the names they have in it, should produce more in the other areas that aren't Garrett Cole. Jessica, as my expert right now in this baseball, and you mentioned Aaron Judge getting thrown out in the sixth inning, what did you make of Phil Nevin bringing him? Because I saw allowing him to go in round third, because I saw something different. What did you see? Honestly, Phil Nevin's going to get a lot of flack for this, but what I saw was really just him taking a risk in a situation where – 80% of the time, Aaron Judge scores on that. This has to be – I can't even emphasize. So I'm an outfielder. Kike to get this off of the wall and get this quickly into Xander, and you're talking a strike, 84 miles an hour at home to get Judge. The eye watches this and goes, why did you send him? He got thrown out by half a foot. But that is – if you have 80% chance of being able to execute that play, and like I just mentioned – The bats for the Yankees aren't what you expect them to be. They have to take advantage of the opportunities when they have them. You couldn't ask for a better play with what Red Sox were able to do. Phil Nevin's going to send him every time. Well, Jessica, how about the awareness of the center fielder to come over? I mean, not that ball gets away. Well, off the green monster. And I'm telling you, if this is not the home team playing that ball, no one else makes that play. Kiki, to be able to understand, I can't even begin. If you go, anyone who's been to Fenway, go stand. You get a chance to get on the field. Go stand under that monster and just try to pretend like you can figure out how to get balls off there and get them in. Kike, coming from center field, to understand that there's a reason why he does because he's played there how many games throughout the season as his home ballpark. No other outfielder makes that play. Jessica, we've been dealing with Max Kellerman this morning talking about potentially maybe it's time for Brian Cashman to go bye-bye. I wanted to get your opinion on that. Uh, Other minds in our camp don't believe so, but I wanted to get your POV on it. I want to ask. I want to ask Max. Okay, what else does Brian need to do? Because I mean, we think about him bringing in Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo. They need a big left-handed bats. I mean, he has tried. I mean, he spent three hundred twenty-four million dollars to go and get Garrett Cole. We look at the other starting pitchers that have not panned out in Luis Severino. We saw them out of the bullpen in Domingo Domingo Herman. What would you do if you were Brian Cashman? Brian Cashman's a very good GM. Let me start there. And he's very good at, at identifying undervalued assets on the trade market, especially, and bringing them in. And he's always been good at that. He'll find just an athletic center fielder on an off year and trades not much for him. And he'll find Nick Swisher back in the day. And, I, you know, go. 
but what I do notice is if, if you know, back in the day, what's his name, Jason Bell and Xavier Nady are exa- available, and you don't have to give up much for Xavier Nady, but it costs a lot to get Bell, he'll go get you Nady. So, like, he, he doesn't have the stomach usually to do what it takes in, in treasure or in prospects to get the blue-chip guy you need. But I'll say this. Forget about all the details for a second. He has been the GM in the 21st century. The Yankees do not need to win the World Series every year. That's ridiculous. They absolutely must win the World Series more than anyone else, and certainly more than the Red Sox, and certainly it can't be 4-1, to one, and certainly they can't be getting eliminated in, in the playoffs by the Red Sox every year. That cannot happen, not over a two-decade span. That means there are better GMs. The Yankees, the greatest franchise in the history of American team sports, by far at least. Mm-hmm. Cannot accept good enough. That's good enough for anyone but the Yankees. They must have the best. Cashman's very good. He's not the best. Does it come down to the player? I mean, responsibility on the players, too. I mean, look at what he has put together. I mean, this Yankees team has what it takes when you look at all the names and all the different figures. Now, they've had injuries. They've had, you know, I mean, D.J. LeMahieu should have been in that lineup and would have helped them so much more. My biggest thing, if I am Brian Cashman or new GM that you think needs to come into this, is they need to be more athletic. I mean, this is a team that relies 100% on the home run. I mean, this is how their offense produces. And as much as we see in 2021 so many more home runs, we also are seeing more athleticism, stolen bases, first to third. Yes, being able to beat out an infield single, being able to score more runs based on foot speed. And the Yankees could not show that. They were also one of the worst teams in scoring runs, not just because they weren't getting the hits, but because they didn't have the speed. Yeah, and putting they the ball in the play. Athleticism. Yeah, and putting the ball exactly. in play, Jessica. They're, they're three true outcomes type team, and they don't put the. There are not enough guys. LeMay, who got hurt late, I get it. He, his power left him. Glaber can't hold it down at shortstop, et cetera. They don't put the ball in play enough. Jessica, I have another individual who wants to chime in here. His name is Evan Wilner. He's our producer. He wants to chime in on the Yankees' issues. Well, I, I just don't think for what the pressure that comes with the job, I don't think you're getting someone better than Brian Cashman. I don't think you're getting Theo Epstein. I don't think you're getting Andrew Friedman. And those are the only two names in my mind that are better than Brian Cashman at his job. Yes, you talk about the Boston Red Sox, but over the course of the last 20 years, the Boston Red Sox have finished last a lot, and the Yankees haven't finished last at all. And I'm good with Brian Cashman putting the roster together that every year this roster is in position to compete and win a World Series. And that is his job. That is his job as a Yankees general manager is to put them in position to be a World Series team. I I grew up a Yankee fan, yes. Are you a Yankees fan right now? No, I grew up a Yankee fan. I stopped rooting for them when I started working in this industry because I didn't think I could be a fan of the Yankees because I covered Major League Baseball. A Yankees fan would never accept that. There cannot be a new century with two decades in it that the Red Sox have won four World Series and the Yankees won. Out of the question. It's just not, it's just not, it's okay. not a universe you can well, live in. I want to ask Jessica before she has to run and go do her job outside of talking to us. We have a game tonight. Okay. Go ahead. Have at it. In, in the NL West. <laughs> And I'll pull for the, the Dodgers rest of the it's way. It's the Dodgers and the Cardinals. Jessica, what are you expecting tonight? Wait, wait, wait. wait. I want to hear that. Did Mac just say, I'll pull for the Dodgers? He's not, wait, a, real, wait, he's not a real Yankees fan. No, no, I am. I'm saying that, Yankees are eliminated insofar no, as I'll follow the game. I'll follow the Dodgers. I need that. 
No, Evan, let's get that on record repeat. And when we do our preseason stuff and we're rapping and doing all this, I just want that to play on and play. Like, that needs to be, like, our backdrop of Max. I want the Dodgers to win on out. I want the Dodgers to win on out. You can tie it in geographically. You're You're not a Dodger fan. No, I'm a Yankees fan. We don't need need your negativity with us. We don't need it. I'm a mush. (laughs) Sorry, you had a question. I just heard Max say that he wanted the Dodgers to win, and I needed that to get recorded so we could replay. I wanted to know. Looking to tonight's, looking ahead to tonight's game, what do you expect between the Redbirds and the Dodgers? Well, I mean, it's ridiculous. When you look at you got Max Scherzer, who got 3,000 strikeouts this year. I mean, you're talking top 20 in all of baseball pitchers in the history of the game have gotten to 3,000 strikeouts. He did it at his age 37 season. And the way that he's done it, guys, I mean, over the last two months in a Dodger year, he hasn't lost. He has never pitched better in his career. And think about the World Series champion, Cy Young's, everything that he has done. And he has been absolutely ridiculous. Still throwing to beast mode velocity. And then the flip side, Adam Wainwright, who, who has had to evolve because he throws 89 miles an hour. His velocity isn't what it used to be. So what does he do? He manipulates. He understands, of course, Uncle Charlie breaking in the curveball. But he's added a cutter to be able to help him with how he sets up that Uncle Charlie and that beautiful pitch that he can set in there. Never has he pitched better, I feel like, as a pitcher. He, when he had the stuff, it was easier for him. When we show flashbacks of 2006 and that huge NLCS game, Yes, he had the stuff. He was throwing 95. Now he doesn't, and it's beauty. Him and Yadier Molina. I mean, don't get me started. This game is so exciting. You got Mookie Betts. You got Justin Turner. You got Corey Seager. You got Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. The names of this. Can you tell how excited I am for this game? How how much will we, if you notice I said we, miss Clayton Kershaw if he's not able to bounce back and come back for us? during the postseason, although we do have a pretty good rotation. You have a great rotation, but Keyshawn, I think the biggest hurt with Clay- Clayton Kershaw, if he's not in a series, so not so much this wildcard game, is actually Julio Urias. I feel like his role would have been in the bullpen. Now he's got to be the number three starter. And I get this is a plethora of riches. They have so many great pitchers. But if you go back to postseason last year, who got the last out? Who was the key guy when Kenley Jansen wasn't necessarily who you trusted to close out game for the Dodgers? It was Julio. Him being able to come into the games out of the bullpen with Kershaw out – it's more that it affects now Julio is your starter and you're not able to use him out of the bullpen if that bullpen starts to struggle. And I'm telling you, the Dodgers, it can get shaky back there. They've got a lot of new guys. I love Kenley Jansen and what he can do and what he has done. But there's times where he absolutely struggles. And Julio was huge for this Dodgers team out of the pen. It's amazing. They have a great, great, well, G- president of basketball operations, Andrew Friedman. And look at that. They're in the World Series like every year. The Dodgers. See mm. how that works when you have the best front office. You're in the World Series yeah. more They're than anyone else. They're not in the World Series. They're in a wild card game. That's right. Well, yeah, but I mean, how many World Series Max. have they been in the last five years? Ma- like three Ma- World Max. Series. Max, uh, just leave Andrew Freeman alone. Don't mention his name. Just stay away from it. We'll triple your salary if I were Hal Steinbrenner. Thanks, Andrew. Jessica. Appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. Max, I love you. Yeah, love you too. I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a bad way, Jess. <laughs> I know. Stay away from Andrew Freeman, please. Much more on the NL wildcard game. Plus, someone else's availability is in question. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's one of the greatest beats of all time. That's a running rebel beat right there. Max Kellerman here. Keyshawn Johnson. That would be me. Jason Williams. That would be him. Yep. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. So, there's no... Steve, well, listen to what Steve Nash said. Uh, before we get out of here, Uh-oh. we got we got to update everyone on this. This is what Steve Nash, the Nets head coach, said about a possible Kyrie Irving update. We all know Kyrie Irving has held out, unvaccinated, and as a result, is can't play a lot of games. Right? No home games. No games in California. Here's Steve Nash. No further update. Um, you know, we support him. We're here for him, and you know, if things change, and and. Uh, you know, when there's a resolution, we're here for him. Are you worried about the fact that you may not be able to have a full practice with your full team before the regular season? You know, I'm not really worried about anything. Uh, we're, we're just trying to work every day. So we came in today, had a great practice. We'll do the same tomorrow, and that's kind of where I leave it. What's I love Steve, man, but that's, that's you are worried. You're worried every single day. You've been worried about this because as much as you practice, you can't get into a rhythm or a routine with your sets, with the feel of the game, if you don't have one of your star players that you know the ball is going to be in his hands when he's back on the court. And the question is, Andrew Wiggins came back and was like, hey, look, I don't like it. I don't want to do it. But I'm going to take the vaccine because I want to get my money and I want to play. (laughs) Kyrie's grossed over $126 million in his NBA career. I know he's due like $30-plus million. But there's one individual that will push the limit on this conversation about not being mandated to do something, I would not put that past Kyrie Irving. You know what the big story to me here is that somehow I'm going to be talking about it on this just in, 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, my new TV show. I don't know if anyone heard about it. Um, Here's the thing. You know what this really does? This makes the Lakers the favorite this year. The Nets were the overwhelming favorites to win the championship. This thing with Kyrie, until he gets vaccinated, the Lakers, I'm saying it, the Lakers are now the favorites to win the whole thing. Because if the Nets don't have Kyrie, they're still good enough to beat most teams, maybe all the teams, in a best of seven. Not the Lakers with LeBron, AD, and Westbrook. They need Kyrie to overcome the Lakers. Well, you know, it depends upon injuries. Sure, AD, sure. you know, coming off two back-to-back injury seasons, like how will he be if it's LeBron and Russell Westbrook versus Kevin Durant, James Harden, who will you be taking? I'm odds right now. Oh, I understand. Do, does this frustrate you jay does this frustrate me the whole antics just everything that he's going through dealing with as not only as a fan but just as a basketball player somebody who's been in a team sport in basketball and somebody who knows him does it frustrate you 
I align more with a Draymond Green. I don't know if you guys heard what he said the other day with the post presser. If that's my teammate, does it frustrate me because we have a chance to win a championship? You're damn right it does. But at the end of the day, though, Key, mm-hmm. I have to respect your decision as a grown-ass man for what you want to do for yourself mm-hmm. and your family. Mm-hmm. I may not like it. I have to respect it. Understood. And I think that's where I would be as a teammate. And I think that's where potentially James and KD are. I'm not sure. I, I don't talk to them. I don't know. But it's um, it would frustrate me, yeah. But that's this is an unprecedented type of scenario. I think all the history that Kyrie has had leads people to get frustrated. Oh, here, here comes something else. But this is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. You know, you're having a league that's saying, due to municipalities in New York, Toronto, and cities like San Francisco, that mandate you have to be vaccinated to play inside at certain arenas. Like this has not happened before. In the end, I wonder what he. In, in the end, I wonder what he is going to do. In the end, yeah, because. You know how it is, man. You 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 see everybody else doing something, and then you're the only one, not the only one, but you may be the only one sitting out and sitting on the sideline. Bradley Bill when the is NBA, not. When the NBA is over 90% vaccinated, and this is a major issue. But here's the thing, though, Keith. Bradley Bill is not vaccinated. But Bradley Bill doesn't have to pay any fines in the city that he plays in. Right? So, like, just... If you think about that for a second, if you if you do have the, the the money behind you in your bank account for people that say, hey, I don't want to get vaccinated. Okay. If you have the money behind you and I'm saying you don't need that job as much anymore, it allows you more freedom with that choice. You Instead can of move how you want to move. Feeling like I'm forced to work because I need to put food on the table for my family. So give up give up a couple hundred million. To make a scientific to, be, to make be 16 million, 60 million to, to, to make a scientifically incorrect decision. Like scientifically, the decision if what it's based on science. But, is but, but maybe he needs a little bit more time yeah, to maybe. come to grips with that decision, though, Max. Like yep. I, I can't yep. and, and by the way, for that. Kyrie, I agree with you, Jay. He's he seems to me the kind of guy who would be willing to hold out maybe longer than others if yes. he felt it was a principled thing. As wrong headed as Now the as, question as is, is how does Kevin Durant handle that? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear hotline. Callers on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Greenies up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.